Welcome to The Little Sleep Show, a podcast about helping your children and family get the sleep you need. Hosted by Laura Meyercourt. Welcome back to The Little Sleep Show. I'm your host, Laura Meyercourt, and I'm an infant and child sleep consultant. And today I'm really excited because I'm joined by a very special guest, Renee Thompson. You might know Renee best by her Instagram page, Parenting Littles, but there's a whole lot more to what Renee does. So welcome, Renee. Thanks for having me. Tell our listeners a little bit about how you got started in your career and how that led to you creating this Instagram account that is super popular and really informative. I'm a licensed professional counselor. So I started uh, my career after college um, working in human resources (laughs) of all places and just realized that wasn't a great fit for me. So I went back to school to get my master's. And originally thought I wanted to be a counselor in a school setting and because I love kids. Um, And so doing my internships, I just fell in love with the kids that have more of like a trauma background and I wanted to connect with them and support them and their caregivers and their family systems, which is really challenging in a school setting. Like you don't have a lot of time because kids are in class. Uh, So after I graduated, I actually just stumbled upon, um, the place I work with now called Attachment and Trauma Therapy. We work with families, particularly with like attachment trauma, so adoption or foster care. And it's just been like such a beautiful journey. And I love all that. And really like my passion for connection and attachment has grown from, from working there. So a small snippet. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot. I've been looking on your website and also on the site for um, your counseling uh, website. And then of course, I follow you on Instagram, which is how we kind of connected with each other. And you put a lot of good out into the world. So it's really, it's really appreciated. I've learned a lot from your Instagram page. Thank you. So today's topic, we wanted to talk about connection. The reason I wanted to do a whole episode on connection is because I mention it so much in my podcast about sleep and how important it is for parents to have good connected relationship with their child and how that plays into sleep. And we'll talk a little bit about that later on. But so on your Instagram page, a lot of the work you do is centered around connection with with our children. Why does this topic come up so often in your work? For my specific like job outside of like the Instagram space, when I'm working with adoption, a lot of that is rooted in like loss. You know, if you're adopted, that means inherently you've lost a connection, um, either your birth mom, birth family, culture, all sorts of things. And so you've lost that connection and that ability to have the secure attachment, um, which science just really tells us helps kids um, to grow confident and to have a connected relationship with parents. So essentially, I also think right now this is a really big topic because A lot of us um, now, like we weren't raised in this particular style of parenting. It was more traditional authoritarian style. Um, So I feel like a lot of us recognize like, oh, there was something missing here. All my physical needs were met, but some of my emotional ones weren't. So being connected just really recognizes that we have emotional needs and we're able to like respond, I guess, in an appropriate way now because we know 
um, the importance of it, if that makes sense. Yes, I'm silently nodding along over here because I don't want to interrupt you. But <laughs> yeah, I that's exactly how I feel is just when I'm trying to practice this with my own kids, it's a fairly new concept to me. I'm kind of embarrassed to say because I was a nanny for like 18 years and I didn't really think or know about connection and attachment very much at that time. I was a lot more rigid with the way I did sleep and rules and schedules and stuff like that. So I've learned a lot just in the last couple of years with my whole journey into holistic sleep. And I definitely can look back on memories and think about like, what are my favorite memories when I was little? And it is those those moments where it was just me and another adult, whether it was my grandfather or my dad or my grandmother. And it's just the the one-on-one time when you're doing something together. Those are the things that stick out. It's not the big trips um, or the big presents. So yeah, I I totally get that. Yeah, I think that's so huge how our memories are also rooted in emotion. And so when we have those safe emotional moments, like we remember it so fondly and we want to recreate that for our kids too. Yeah. And it's not any, I don't think this is easy work. If a parent is starting to think about, well, connection is just one more thing that I have to to focus on and have to do. It seems like something overwhelming, kind of like mindful. I talk about mindful parenting too, like kind of checking where you are at. And it's just, it's, would you say connection with your child is, is a practice? Yeah. I think, and to like going back to like some, most of us, I would say, weren't raised with this type of parenting and it can be really hard to play and connect with our kids if that really wasn't shown to us or we didn't experience that. Like we're having to relearn this all over, which is really hard um, or mem- like having memories of those moments where there wasn't connection. So that can come up too as a parent. And it can be really challenging to start this practice and really kind of being mindful, like you said, about like making time, having it being quality time um, and really being present. It's really hard to do that. It is. I mean, just, you know, our kids are older. I have two stepkids that are 10 and a half and 12. And I try to, you know, do connected parenting with them. And it's harder, I think, with adolescents, although they still seek out those moments. Like I know my stepdaughter, Lily, she um, has told me that she really likes to do baking with me or cooking with me. And then my stepson, Sean, he likes to take walks with me. He likes to do um, play games. You know, I think playing playing family games is a way that's like really easy for us to connect because we'll sometimes do like those little conversation cards at the table at dinner. And that's something like my husband is not a big game player. <laughs> he would do anything to get out of playing games. But that's something that's really like an easy way to connect with. I think with older kids when everybody's kind of running around doing their own thing. So I know you practice connection with your daughter because you do share some of that on your on your Instagram page. So what does a connected child parent relationship look like and feel like really like how we kind of build connection is through like eye contact and safe touch and um just playfulness so it's really just like being present in the moment like putting your phone down just really being able to focus on the relationship and providing like some safety and security through like really soothing moments. Um, 
So basically it's like mutual respect. Like I can connect with her. I can understand her emotions and feelings and listen to them and respect them while also setting like safe (laughs) boundaries. Like boundaries are really important too. But it's really just about like how can I meet my child's emotional needs and recognize that her behaviors are really a reflection of what's going on inside um, internally. So it can look different in different families, but I think the biggest thing is just trying to be present um, with our kids. Maybe it's just five minutes a day and that's okay. Just spending any time where you're really able to like be present with each other can help cooperation. It can help really just, like I said, respect's a big thing for most parents, I think. So cooperation Mm -hmm. and respect when you're connected, you're more likely to do things for other people. So that's really what most parents are kind of after and and their parenting journey is just having respectful kids. Oh, definitely. That's huge. It's something that we, just from my own experience, try to focus on. So I was looking through your website and you do have some resources on there. And one of them is about supporting children's feelings. You have some ways for parents to connect with your child. So naming feelings, would you say that's a a great way to start? Yeah, I think just kind of translating the experience is kind of how I describe it. Like you notice they're having a feeling and just like naming it and translating why that might be happening um, can just help kids. They, uh, they'll understand what their feeling is, what that feeling inside their body is. And then when they get older, they're able to then kind of tell you versus like showing you, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. like what we kind of see. Um, yeah, so I think that's really great. I think just if we think back to our own childhood and all of the feelings that we had and came up and most of us were like pushed away or put in timeout or yelled at or maybe spanked like that. If we think about it and it feels really scary for us. So when we see our kids doing some of those similar like behaviors that we got punished for, it's really hard in the moment to tune into the emotion. So we do have to like kind of check in with ourselves too, like before we can kind of name their feelings as like check in, like, how am I doing with this? Like, this is really big for me. Can I put it aside for a second and really tune in? Um, but that's easier said than done. It's really hard when we didn't have that happen for us. Well, that was going to be my next question is how do our own kind of thoughts, feelings, our stress levels play in as parents with our ability to connect with our child? Yeah, it's so it's so tied. So if we're stressed at work or if we're stressed um, at home or with other life events right now, the coronavirus is going on and Black Lives Movements is really big. So like there's a lot of stressors that are happening in our world. So that affects how we can connect because we're in our own space. And I just think it's so funny too. Kids are our greatest mirrors. Like they know and they can feel when we're stressed and they'll often like behave or act in a way it's like showing a mirror of like I can see like I'm reflecting back at you like how stressed you are um, and I need you to do something about it like they'll just kind of push up against you almost more when you're stressed because they know you they know you are and they know you need to do something with it I don't know have you experienced that ever with your kids like when you're really stressed like they're With with my kids and then with kids that I've nannied for, because that was also a pretty close attached relationships that I had with those kids. And definitely. I'm, and that's a great way of explaining kind of what happens. And that'll segue kind of into our next topic, which is like I'm a sleep consultant. So I'm trying to connect this all to sleep. And with when there's a lot of stress and anxiety around sleep, 
it creates, it just, it, it's like a cycle, you know, it's like a vicious cycle of the parents feeling stressed and the child feels more stressed and it just kind of like feeds off of one another. So how does connection play into sleep and sleep difficulties? So I kind of look at sleep in like three parts, like to sleep, we have to feel tired. Uh, we need to feel connected and we need to feel relaxed. But like you said, like it's so tight. If we're not connected, then it's hard for us to relax and then we're not able to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when we see like if kids before bed are like letting out big cries or jumping around and like being really excited, that's like a cue for us to say like they're not feeling relaxed and they need more connection so that they can get to it. Like kids really have a great ability to just like, they know how to relax. We just kind of have to let them do it and help them. Um, so yeah, it's like, I feel like it looks like, you know, they're in bed and they're asking for like the 12th book or Mm -hmm. the 10th cup of water, you know, and they're like, we feel like, Oh gosh, just sleep. You're doing this on purpose. And it's really, I think about them saying like, I'm not relaxed. Um, so then we see them be silly or, like kind of doing those behaviors that really are hard, <laughs> hard for parents at, at the end of a long day. Cause you're like, Oh, just go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just really try to turn it into like, Oh, they're being silly and they're trying to relax. How can I help get them through this space? Um, which again is so hard to do at the end of the day when you have all these other pressures or you're like, okay, you're thinking about all the dishes you have to do or all the work that you didn't get done from the day or whatever. It's hard to stay present in that moment when you have all this other stuff going on. Um, so I think starting connection throughout the day really helps. So it's not like, oh, I have to do it all right before bed. Thank you for segueing beautifully into my next question, because that's what I talk about a lot on this podcast. And that was what originally led me to want to investigate this topic further with you um, is just how much importance I place on connecting throughout the day or setting aside connection time and even throughout the bedtime routine as well should be a, a really connected time with your child so that these feelings that your child is um they're missing something or lacking something isn't coming up at bedtime and isn't coming up in the middle of the night when they're waking up. What are some strategies for parents that feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed already. Where can I begin with this? What are some strategies of working connection into our everyday lives as parents? Yeah, for me, I try to like take a look at my day and see where are the times where my little one and I are like kind of at odds or we have conflict? Is it like every day when we're getting dressed and it's always a really big struggle or is it every day at like lunchtime and feeding is really hard? So I try to find those moments where there's a little bit of a conflict and I like try to take the same energy that I'm using uh, to maintain my calm and cool in those moments and I try to turn it into how can I make this moment fun? So is it when we're brushing teeth and that can be really stressful at times for parents. I feel like you're trying to brush your kids' teeth and making it fun. Like the other night we started doing, like I pretended Elsa was running around on her teeth and like she was trying to freeze her teeth and I had to like brush really quick to like make the ice melt. Or, you know, maybe it's at breakfast time and she um, doesn't know what she wants. So offering choices and like being really funny or when she's frustrated and dumps all the cereal on the ground and I'm like, oh my God. Mm. 
you know, how can I, how can I be playful with that? Or like, oh, look at this mess. The trash monster is so hungry. That's so perfect. We can go take all these Cheerios and feed the trash monster. Like, mm-hmm. how can I turn those moments that are typically stressful for me into fun? Because that changes my mindset. And it also at the same time provides that connection without having to add extra time. Um, so does that, I don't know if that made sense. Yeah, I love that idea. I've never thought about the concept that way of identifying the difficult moments in the day. I love it. That's really helpful, I think, for parents. And for me, I'm going to practice this yeah. with my own kids. Like, for instance, the morning, when the kids were in school, particularly, the mornings were just brutal. I would dread them. I'd wake up with anxiety and I would dread them. And it's it's like, yeah, what can we do to make this more fun? So we all look forward to it rather than dread it. Brushing teeth is my favorite thing to do with my child because she like has so much fun and we get really silly and yes getting dressed I like talk for my daughter's clothes all the time I'm like my shoes I'm like shoes they're like I need feet I need feet I'm like trying to (laughs) please put me on like begging her like with her shoes but yeah if we can just turn those moments that are typically really a big struggle for us into more fun Mm -hmm. um it changes I mean at least it changes my mindset of things and I know it changes hers and it can be like we said, really connecting. So without adding extra time, I think I repeated myself. That's okay. (laughs) It's important. So we'll place some emphasis on that. So what are some of the consequences of a lack of a connected relationship with our children? So I view like connection as mostly like being able to meet our child's emotional needs. Um, And so if we're not able to do that, or if we're kind of telling your child like, you know, don't come with, don't don't come to me with those emotions. Like I only accept the part of you that is good or that is happy. Um, That can really allow, like have our child to kind of turn in. So, you know, I can't show my emotions. I have to hold them all inside. Um, So we can see that when kids get older as uh, depression or anxiety type of behaviors and just in general, if we're like taking more of like a punishment-based parenting versus connected-based parenting, we can see some more like increases in lying or cheating and stealing and aggression um, just because it, it comes out as like when you're punishing, you're not really teaching what needs to be done. You're kind of just saying don't do anything and they don't know. And so they just hide their behaviors better mm-hmm. <laughs> through mine, right? Um, so connected parenting is really just like, I can accept all the parts of you. Like you're, you can bring me all the parts and I can accept that. I love that. That's a really nice way of saying it. Yeah, I, well, I'll say from my own personal experience, I grew up with like the very authoritarian, disciplinarian, because my grandparents had a big part in raising us and they were, you know, yeah. oh yeah, grew up in the depression. So <laughs> So switching gears has been really hard with my stepkids. And especially because I think I wasn't there for their younger years. I tend to just give consequences now. So this is really making me rethink kind of like the way I do things. Because I mean, do you feel like there's a point where if they're adolescents, like, is it too late to start with older kids or is it going to be beneficial? Yeah, there's never a time where it's too late. Um, So it's really, and you can kind of repair with like older kids too. It can be, um, it can be like, let's repair this. Like, I know I haven't been doing this in the past or I haven't been listening to like this or I've been doing or whatever it is that you're doing that you're wanting to like create a change. Older kids are really great at knowing 
like you can tell them what you're doing. So you can just explain like, I'm going to try this. Um, and so we're mm-hmm. both going to learn together and I'm going to try this this way and we'll just see what happens. Like older kids, you can kind of tell them what you're doing. So they mm-hmm. understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, I think it's the same. Like you can just say, I know when, you know, when you were younger or maybe you didn't have this experience when you were younger, I really am wanting to listen, uh, listen to you right now. So mm-hmm. tell me more about that or whatever you want to do differently. But mm-hmm. there's always an opportunity to lean into the connectedness. Um, but again, it's so hard when we weren't modeled that. And just in our culture, mm-hmm. like if we think back, like our culture has always really been punishment-based. So it's really rooted in our DNA. So it's really, really, really hard to change. Mm-hmm. So any small changes are huge successes. So celebrate any of those okay. little things that you're moving. I know there's so much shame and guilt in parenting. And we can put, I think we can put that down and just know like whatever small movements we're making is huge because it's really hard. I'm glad you brought that up because I I talk about, you know, kind of tuning out the noise of what's going on around us, because especially I think when parents like have their first child, for example, everybody is trying to give their advice on what worked, what didn't work. You know, you got your mother and your mother-in-law and then you've got all the parenting books and it's just like everybody is so stressed out with the amount of information out there. So I think that's where the whole guilt and shame begins. And then it just everybody's got an opinion about how we should be parenting. So I'm glad you brought that up because even me as a stepmom, I always feel like I'm not doing it right or I'm not doing enough. So it's good to hear. It's good to hear that reinforced. Yeah, we're always doing the best with what we know. And so that's right. I try and even like on my page, like I can give you like these parameters or these tips, but I also am like so understanding um, and compassionate towards like our own histories and how much that plays into um, and we just have to give ourselves so much compassion um, in our parenting journeys because it's really challenging to change if you have to change what you were raised in, but you're also carrying all that with you. So it it comes up a lot. It's really hard. Yes, it is. It is hard. What are some of your favorite ways to connect with your child? Um, just like I was talking earlier about just making those moments that are typically a struggle into more fun. Um, throughout the day, I think it's just been really helpful for me making like inanimate objects talk, um, just being really silly. And they also, um, I'm trained in TheraPlay, which is like a specific um, therapy for attachment. And they're just like little activities and games. So I do a lot of those and they involve like nurturing touch and eye contact and setting safe boundaries. So I do a lot of those type of games um, with my daughter. And a lot of them are like, you know, noticing your child you know noticing the specialness of them um with safe touch and just like closeness so I do a lot of those before bed or in the morning when we wake up because they're really quick you know just a couple like seconds (laughs) they don't have to be very long so I'm all about time (laughs) yeah time is precious so yes it is well I know you have a lot of those connecting activities on your Instagram page if people are interested in looking more into those, you have a t- like a ton of them on there because that's that was how I thought of you first for this episode was that you talk so much about connection and give so many helpful suggestions. So people want to see more of these specific uh, activities, they can look on your Instagram page, Parenting Littles, to find more of them. So for parents who are struggling at 
bedtime. Do you have any specific suggestions on some activities that can help with connecting at bedtime? Um, yeah, I have. Um, we try to do some like connecting games or silly games like right after dinner to try to like get some of that like energy out and help relaxation. But if like she, if my daughter and she's like two and a half. So if my daughter is in bed and she starts jumping <laughs> on the bed or asking for like the hundredth book, I am like, okay, let's do something fun to get her laughing because laughing induces relaxation. And that's our whole goal. We can also induce relaxation through tears, um, <laughs> but in a nice way. Kids kind of like build up and then they cry. Um, but some games, like I like to pretend like it's morning. Like I'll just come in and be like, I better not see you sleeping. It's morning time. Like get up. And so like just being really funny about it and just like joking around. And so then she'll like pretend to sleep. And I'm like, what are you doing? It's morning time. Um, so that's really fun. Or like even when you're reading a book, you can like pretend the book comes alive and like, you know, the book's biting you or like being really silly um, and doing that or like kind of, I kind of just were doing anything reverse, like don't lie on the pillow, like whatever you do, you're not allowed to stay on the bed or like just being as silly as we can. Um, just really helps release that laughter and that buildup of tension throughout the day and kind of can help with our relaxation. So when I see my daughter being silly, I just try to play into that versus like, trying to coerce her to sleep because like that's the one thing kids can control right and so it's really hard to be like just okay just sleep just go to sleep um so if we just can be silly in those moments it helps us as parents to release our stress too um but I might only do that for a few minutes and then we you know try to lay down again and she's ready to go to bed mm -hmm. you're a really fun mom I <laughs> you, you got a lucky little girl there <laughs> Oh, it's um, hard to do. I'm not, I'm like pretty straight faced most of the time. So it is yeah. hard for me to get into those spaces, but yeah, it's all, but it just takes as much energy to be fun like that as it mm -hmm. does for me to be like, please, please, please go to sleep. Like, oh, please, you know, it takes as much energy. So I just try to, you know, I'm all about uh, making it easier on myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I think what I'm hearing is just a lot of connection is kind of meeting your child where they're at and playing into whatever where whatever they're uh, emotionally feeling at the moment whether it's sadness or silliness does that sound right yeah yeah it's just i just think of any external behavior that your kid is doing is just a reflection of what's going on inside so like how can we meet the inside part you know i can mm -hmm. see the behavior it's telling me what you're feeling how can i meet your inside need I love it. I think this episode is going to be extremely helpful for parents. So Renee, if parents want to find out more about you and your work and connection, where can they find you? Yeah, I am on Instagram, Parenting Littles. There's a period, so parenting.littles. Um, and then I have a website, which isn't super updated, but still has some information on it about me and about services that I offer. Um, and it's reneethompson.com, I believe. <laughs> But my name mm -hmm. is spelled a little bit different. So it's R-E-N-E-T-H-O-M-S-E-N at Thompson.com. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'll put that in the show notes. So um, so people who are listening can just can see the spelling and make it real easy for people. And then if you're in the Kansas City area and want to see me in person, that's an option too. Well, thank you so much. Your knowledge and expertise has been extremely helpful in explaining this very abstract topic of connection. So thanks again. 
Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been fun to chat and get to know you a little bit more too. That's my show for this week. I hope that this episode has helped you see that connection is something that is so important and vital to our children's development and also something that's actually really simple to work into the day. So my connection for this week is to take Renee's suggestion and think about a part in the day that's really stressful for you and your kids and try to use silliness or play or fun to make it a time that you actually look forward to. Like Renee's example was brushing her daughter's teeth. It became, it went from being a chore to something that became her favorite part of her day with her daughter. If you're enjoying The Little Sleep Show, I encourage you to share it with your parent or caregiver friends out there who you think would benefit from it. And also, just to take a moment to go on iTunes and rate and review this podcast so that it reaches more people. I hope you all have a great rest of the week. Take care of yourselves and each other. Bye. We'll be back next Tuesday with a brand new episode. Until then, follow us on Instagram and Facebook for tips on sleep and a whole lot more. See you next week.